more comfortable with his own little floaters. Wimby misses that three, and the Grizzlies again doing a good job of holding the Spurs to one field goal attempt. Ja, again, knocks it Wimby, sends it in. Crowd goes crazy, and why not? Ja Morant with his famous crossover move. Let the conversation continue with BetMGM tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Man, it's tough here in a John Morant highlight. Really hope we're going to get to at least see him this entire year. Didn't get that whatsoever, Trista. I, that, you know, that was kind of one of those where you, it, you felt like you had a night, like right off the bat, right? The game winner has that big game in his first game of the season. You're like, oh, Jaw's back. This is going to be great. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, He's out for the season. And you're like, this This kind of just felt like it was all about basketball for him. Comes back, and you're going, okay, well, I guess the Memphis Grizzlies are going to be one of the worst teams in the NBA for the rest of the season. There is no playoff push for them. No, there there really isn't. Uh, the Gigi Jackson <laughs> emergence has been great. I think you yeah. have to just say to yourself, yeah. if you're the Memphis Grizzlies, like, we're going to develop our young guys. You know, Desmond Bain's out probably the rest of the season. People say it's six weeks, but it's not six weeks because – as someone who's torn their ankle before, if you if you fully tear it, yeah, you you get it evaluated in six weeks, but that's a mm. that's a three month minimum situation. It's a full tear, so it's six weeks if you it's a grade one or a grade two sometimes. So Desmond Bain's out for the year. John Moran is out for the out for the year. Brandon Clark is out for the year. Stephen Adams is out for the year. Marcus Smart is out. I think two months. So what do you really have? You just play the young youngins, the Gigi Jacksons of the world, the Vince Williams Juniors of the world, and you find a way uh, to get them to be productive once John Morant comes back. And this is not the year to tank either. Like if you're the Grizzlies, normally it would be like, well, okay, it'd be one of those years like the, the Spurs years ago when they ended up getting Tim Duncan. I mean, maybe not to that extreme, but again, a playoff team, everybody got hurt. They luck out and get the number one pick. You and I were talking about this during the break. Like, because we'll look at mock drafts in the NBA all the time, right? You mentioned, you know, Portland, you guys have draft picks. Like that matters to you. I've been there for years with the Knicks. And of course the Wizards are in that spot right now too. I, it is a bunch of nobodies in every mock draft for the 2024. Like, that could change. Guys could emerge. There could be somebody that kind of really stands out. The 2024 NBA draft is not a strong draft. So all of these teams right now, whether it's the Grizzlies or the Pistons or the Spurs, the Hornets, you know, Portland, Washington, all of them, I mean, you fighting for Cody Williams out of Colorado? Who the hell's talking about Cody Williams right now? Doesn't mean he can't be a good player. It doesn't mean you can't get good players out of this draft. But the reality of this is that there is no Victor Webinyama in this draft that teams could at least say, well, the silver lining is maybe could get the number one overall pick. Yeah, I don't think that there's a lot of guys that people will know because there's a lot of in international guys. You got that kid, mm -hmm. Alexander Saar from France. Uh, he's supposed to be the next, like, Mitchell Robinson, I guess. You got some kid out of the... G League, Matas Buzelis, just names that people don't really know. We're going to have to see yeah. if any of these players end up turning in anything. But I was telling you at the break, I don't trust one G League Ignite guy. Jalen Green's the best out mm -hmm. of the bunch, and that's including Scoot Henderson right now. And none of them have really adapted to the NBA game and become stars. Yeah, there's another one too. How do you say Zachary Rissacher from France? I don't know. Somebody named Zachary Richardson. I'm seeing him getting uh, mocked to the Wizards. So there you go. They'll get another international guy. I'm sure it'll turn out great for them. Well, different different people, 
It's going to be a fresh start. Yeah, it's just like it's one of those things. So John Hollinger actually wrote a really good article in The Athletic about like how bad the worst teams in the NBA are. And I, I don't want to tell you to cover your ears here, Trista, but it does involve the Blazers. So there is that. There is that to deal with right now. Teams with the five worst – he calls it the forlorn five, right? The worst teams in the NBA. That's the Pistons at four, four and 36. And right now they're about to be – and make it four and 37 – because uh, they just lost to Minnesota a couple minutes ago. Pistons have four wins. Spurs are seven and thirty-two. Wizards are seven and thirty-two. Hornets are eight and twenty-nine. Trailblazers are ten and twenty-nine. Before then, the Grizzlies, the Raptors, jump up to fifteen wins. You got sixteen for you know Brooklyn and Atlanta and all that. But like, it's not just bad. Like, it's horrifically bad for these two teams. Here's some of the things that he pointed out that are just like this is kind of what illustrates how bad everything is right now. So. The Pistons right now, right, they went through that losing streak where they were 2-28, 28, 28 straight losses. There was a back, you know, they won a game, lost 28 straight, won a game again. The Spurs went 4-25 and 25 over the same stretch. The Pistons won only two games. The Wizards went 5-25. and 25. The Hornets went 6-22. and 22. And on top of that, the Spurs had a 30-game stretch where they were also 2-28. and 28. These teams aren't winning. They're covering it about anywhere from like 41 to 47%, give or take, in the entire year. So, like, Charlotte's third worst against the spread in the NBA. So, a lot of these teams aren't even putting out an effort where you can say, hey, they cover. It's just really big numbers. They're, they're basically teams, like, Portland has 10 wins, but they've also got nine losses of 20 or more. And it's the same thing for, like, Detroit has four wins, but nine losses of 20 or more points. Charlotte's got eight wins, but they've lost nine games by 20 or more. So, all of these teams, if you look at it, they're not just losing games. They're getting whooped night in and night out. It is, it's like the worst basketball for a collection of teams that we've seen in the NBA in a long, long time. Yeah, I think Charlotte's all the way up to uh, second worst now at four and 23, too. So it's them. Detroit 16 and 23 against the spread. That's really bad. Portland 17 and 22 against the spread. Memphis 17 and 23. Washington 18 and 20. San Antonio 18 and 21. The only teams that are in that mix that are should not be there milwaukee bucks 16 and 23 mm -hmm. and one and the phoenix suns at 14 25 and one and then atlanta which we know isn't good either 10 and 29. so outside of those three teams which let's be real are kind of struggling in their own right those are the forlorn five the pistons win total is all the way up i know this sounds crazy to say it's up now to 11 and a half wins Spurs are 17 and a half. Charlotte's at 22 and a half. And then you've got Washington, you know, in there. It's like some of these just feel too big for me. I don't know if I don't see how Detroit can win 12 games this year. I don't see how they go I over agree. that number. I, I struggle to find 18 wins for the Spurs. Now you thought they'd be, unless of course they make a trade. We're, we're hearing reports that maybe they're interested in DeJounte Murray. Like half the NBA is right now. They bring him in. I think that bring like he had, I mean, he was a better player in San Antonio under Greg Popovich than he is in Atlanta right now. They make that move. I think that's actually a great move for them. But it's tough to find, you know, 23 wins for the Hornets. You're watching teams that are – I know LaMelo Ball has missed a ton of time, so maybe that kind of elevates Charlotte just a little bit. But these teams are just so bad to watch every single night. They can't defend. They don't even cover. They blow things in the fourth quarter. They look like they don't even want to be out there. And there's a chance that the Wizards trade away Tyus Jones, Kyle Kuzma, where I would take the under 17.5 for the Wizards, which is at minus 102. Uh, you get a little better price there than minus 120 to the over. I'd probably take the under on Detroit's 11 and a half wins too. 
Oh, absolutely. You have to do that. I think that's that's absolutely worth a bet. How does Detroit get to 11 wins? Because they're not beating <laughs> bad teams either, right? So you look at their upcoming schedule and you say, help me find where the wins are. They play the Hornets at home on the 24th. Maybe that's one. They play the Wizards at home. Maybe that's two. But other than that, I can't find any until close to March. No, yeah, another one at home against the Hornets March 11. So then we're up to seven. Yeah, I think you have to take the under on their win total. I think you kind of have to. It's mandatory, Ashu. It's mandatory. You know what's even crazier to think for these teams? I'm looking at strength of schedule the rest of the way now. Portland has the second toughest schedule the rest of the season. San Antonio has the third toughest schedule the rest of the way. Washington has the fifth toughest schedule the rest of the way. And Detroit has the sixth toughest schedule the rest of the season. And Charlotte's even in there at 10. Like these teams not only are bad, but they have some of the hardest schedules the rest of the way too. The only thing that you can hope for if you're those teams is that that's the letdown spot for the opposing team. Like that's the spot where their stars sit out because they don't take you seriously. Mm -hmm. Now that the Pistons have broken the losing streak and they're not on everybody's radar anymore, they can just be mediocre, be bad, compete for three and a half quarters and then let go of the rope. You're hoping that at least people will forget about you and overlook you and you can sneak some wins in that way. I mean, it's, I mean, Portland's on pace for either about 61. There are a couple different spots here, 61 or 62 losses, which is also crazy to think about because Portland had the fifth worst record last year, right? And they went 33 and 49. Like we have, we have the chance for like the biggest collection of just bad teams and it's all in, in, in one season. I, I think the biggest disappointment for me out of all of these teams though, it's really the Detroit Pistons. Like, I, I don't know about you, but I look at that roster. I mean, we've mentioned it before. I see a roster that does have a bunch of good young talent. Cade Cunningham, even when he's healthy, like it hasn't mattered for this team. I like him. I think he's a good player. I think they've got a lot of good young talent on this roster. Bogdanovich, I mentioned him. Like you got guys in here where this team should be. I'd expect them to be a playoff team, but they should be on pace for, I, I don't know, 25 wins at least if you're the Pistons. Like the fact that they're this bad and Monty Williams is one of the highest paid coaches in the NBA. I can't imagine he lasts after this year, but then they'd have to pay him out the rest of his contract. So I don't know what they do with that. But the Pistons are the biggest disappointment for me in terms of losing teams in the NBA. You're right. Uh, Monty Williams has been awful. Monty Williams has been saying things that don't make any sense. They asked him, like, hey, are you going to play Jaden Ivey more? And he said, I didn't even really think about it. I didn't, I haven't thought, haven't thought that much about it or, you know, we got to get guys open. I guess I haven't really been thinking about spacing on the floor, things that are very basic. Me and you know about these things, Ashley, we're not coaches and we're not the highest paid coaches in the NBA. I have no idea if Monty Williams has just been skating by with great assistance because this guy is seemingly brain dead out there. It just feels like there's no. There's no direction. There's no blueprint. There's no effort. There's no, like, it just feels like everybody's just kind of showing up and playing pretend with the Pistons, right? Like, hey, we're a basketball team. And there's, but that's it. Like, I just, it doesn't make any sense to me at all with where they are. So, yeah, I, I, Monty Williams just looks like a coach right now that is so far over his head. Like, here's the thing. 
Your Blazers right now expected to lose games. You trade Dame when you have a guy ask for a trade. No team that has to trade away a star ever wins that trade in the short term. They might win it long term, depending on who you draft, what type of assets you have, who you flip and get in return, and like those types of things. So Portland for me, this is a rebuild. That's okay. Wizards, they gutted this thing. It's a new front office. They expected to lose games. Charlotte has no direction, but also didn't expect them to be a very good team. Lamella Ball's been hurt. Doesn't really matter. San Antonio, you kind of thought, maybe they'd be better after getting Victor Weminyama, but they look just as horrible as they did last year, except for he looks great, right? Like, And then you have Detroit. So, like, to me, it just there, there are certain teams where you expect it, and I know it's tough watching Portland where they are right now, but out of those five teams, I think right now Portland's got the brightest future because you can turn all of those draft picks into some really good players over the next few years. Asher, I hope so. I feel we've got... <laughs> Some changes they have to make. You've got Scoot Henderson who clearly can't play with Anthony Simons, but Anthony Simons is a bucket, and Scoot has to be given the ball and has to be given the reins in order to develop. So that's interesting. You've got Malcolm Brogdon, who, let's be honest, has to go. He can't be on this team yeah. anymore. We can't give him minutes. We have to get him to a contender and get some sort of assets back for him because the Robert Williams-Malcolm Brogdon trade – doesn't look great right now. Let's just be real about that. You know, for the for the Drew Holiday, doesn't make great amount yeah, of sense. Yeah. You've got Shaden Sharp, who's been injured, and he kind of needs to be the two, but that's what Scoot Henderson has been playing. Aiton has been injured. Jeremy Grant, we don't know if he's going to be moved. There's a lot of question marks. I don't know what direction we're going to go. And does Chauncey Billups get fired? There's a lot of noise right now about whether he's the guy, considering that this team simply cannot score. Are you in the camp of people already calling Scoot Henderson a bust? Because I just feel like it's way too early for anything like that. I would never. I love my man, Scoot. I do think that John <laughs> – I actually texted – I actually texted John Hollinger today after Scott sent us those forlorn five, and I said, how dare you call Scoot a bust? I haven't even read the article yet. I saw the headline. But I think that you're slandering this man on the heels of a 33-7-9 performance. And he said – he also was 11 for 33. I said, he's a rookie, John. Can you let him be? He came from G League Ignite. The game's a little fast for him. He's been in and out of the lineup. He just got contacts for the first time. He has sunglasses <laughs> on Okay? He's not Buck Williams. We got to give him some time to acclimate. So, no, I'm never going to call him a bust. I'm going to give him plenty of time. And he could be an all-NBA defender. I really do believe that. First off, a Buck Williams reference. I haven't heard that name in a very, very long time. So well done there. But yeah, you look Thank at Scoot. First off, he looks like he's built for the NBA. Like that's a guy that looks like a grown man. He came into the NBA and you're like, he's built like a running back. But it, it, you're right, it is different. G League Ignite to this, it's not the same game. And a lot of players, too, we've seen rookies how many time and time again. They struggle shooting their rookie year. I mean, Jalen Suggs, now his rookie year, he shot 21% from three. Now he's actually a pretty decent three-point shooter. Guys improved. Kevin Durant barely shot 40% from the field, I think, his rookie year. It might have been actually like 39. So, like, it takes some time for players to adjust. And I think Scoot Henderson is massively talented. There's just... Kind of know it's just a roster put together with a bunch of young players. It's, it's going to take them time. So, yeah, I don't think he's a bust either. It's bet MGM tonight.